Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, and welcome back to the Treatment Room Podcast with your host, Tessa Zali. I hope you are doing so well out there. I know there is a lot going on politically, and I know... I know this audience, I know we have a lot of empaths in the bunch because estheticians tend to be empaths and I know we can take on a lot of energy from the outside world and internalize it and hold it very close to our hearts. So I hope everyone is doing well and I hope this podcast is a safe space for you where you can come to learn and relax and feel like you're listening to a friend and just decompress a little bit and have some you time, which I think is so important always. I always stress the importance of making time for yourself. So I so appreciate you tuning in and listening and I'm so excited to get into today's episode. Just to catch you guys up, a lot has been going on in my world. I am, you know, usually busy because I tend to take on more than I probably should, but I'm busier than ever because of the same tendency. For one, Free Skin by Tessa is launched, which feels honestly incredible. I am so happy it's out in the world and it really gave me new life to see it see it taking on energy of its own. You know, I had worked on this project for two years and I think I spent longer, honestly, than I should have just really fine tuning and perfecting. And any smart business person will tell you, you know, you want to launch hard and you want to launch fast. And, you know, I took my time. I was, was slower paced with this and, In the end, I didn't regret it because I had thought through every last detail that I could. And even when it came down to the end, I felt like I could use more time. I could think about, you know, the marketing strategy more. I could get the social media, you know, batched out. And I really didn't. I I just wanted to get it out there and it really was time. And, you know, mentors like Douglas Preston have been telling me for a long time, you got to get it out there. You just got to let it go. And that was hard for me. And what I will say is I'm so grateful for the net of people in my life that really showed up for me once I put it out there. And, you know, it's it's something you can't predict because it really is a leap of faith. And it just amazed me, honestly, to to get the support that I did. All the feedback has been positive so far, which, you know, fingers crossed, it stays that way. But in the end, it made me very proud of the overall formulas I decided on. And it made me proud to be a little perfectionist for once because Perfectionists can be told, you know, it's a bad thing. And, you know, even if you know you are a perfectionist, you may feel negatively about yourself at times for really thinking through every detail. But 
there are absolutely positives to being a perfectionist. And, you know, we all have our own pace at which we go and at which we feel comfortable putting something out there, especially with our name on it. So I feel proud to embrace the time I spent working on this. And I'm just so, so happy it is out in the world. It has been so rewarding to see the photos and videos of you guys who've bought the products, you know, showing me your routines and taking pictures of the reset, which is my double cleansing set. (laughs) I don't even know if I said that. Um, But my products are a double cleansing set two products, a pre-cleanse and a gentle gel cleanser. They are both free of fragrance, exfoliating acids, SLS, harsh ingredients. And basically this was, you know, the thing that I felt was missing from the skincare world, which is a synergistic double cleansing set that is designed for sensitive skin types and acne prone skin types, because I felt a lot of my clients and consumers I talked to were kind of mixing and matching and trying things and not having success or over occluding their skin. And contributing to congestion, and then stripping away, trying to strip away that congestion with their second cleanse. And I have been there myself, which is why I felt empowered to do this. And I felt like there was a white space for it, even though, of course, there is so many cleansers out there. I felt like the world could use an esthetician's perspective. And, you know, That's where I saw the need for this product. But back to my point, just seeing you guys with the products taking on your own little ways of using them and um, including them in your routine and in your life, it's really meant a lot to me. And that has given me like a second wind of energy because, you know, working on my computer and working, working on these things in isolation there gets to a point where you need that second breath of fresh air and you need to get feedback and, you know, get that encouragement from people loving the products. So I was so scared to launch and I'm definitely a shyer person. I can definitely let my self-doubt get the best of me or my insecurities, but this is something I'm so proud so proud of myself for doing. And I really don't say that very often, but that's because it was very scary for me, but it was worth it. So we're very busy with free skin. It sold out twice, but by the time this episode is out, we will have more in stock. And if you pre-ordered the reset, your orders will be the first to go out this next week. So I plan on setting a lot of time aside to hand pack your orders myself and send them out with lots of love. The second thing that is new for me is that I am actually now back in school. I am a part-time student studying nutrition through the National Academy of Sports Medicine. I decided to do this and take take the plunge and pull the trigger and go back to school for nutrition because I wanted to take my own advice. There are a lot of you who come to me and say, I'm so curious about getting an aesthetics license, but you know, I'm nervous and you have a million questions and a million things that you're just not sure about that are holding you back. And 
You know, I realized the same was true for me. From a young age, I've always been fascinated by athletic performance and nutrition. And having my own little health journey, I realized just how fascinated I was by nutrition. And I thought I knew a lot as a generally healthy person who has worked with fitness trainers, who has worked with naturopaths. And going into this, I realized, you know, I do not know as much as I thought I did. Nutrition is very science-based. There's a lot of terminology and different you know, aspects to it, such as human anatomy and yeah, lots of little, little things I'm learning. We are on chapter six. So I'm immersed in the world of protein, which has so much science behind it itself. So it's really been blowing my mind and the the tests have been humbling me real quick and the terminology has humbled me real quick. So I've been learning a lot, but it's definitely interesting and exciting and I don't regret signing up for it. You know, it can be tricky in life when you're trying to weigh a decision like adding adding something major in like going back to school or trying a new career path, a, a new career path and what I always say is you will never know unless you try. So I really had to take my own advice. Does it mean I'm compromising my work-life balance a little bit, you know, and sometimes sacrifices are needed when you want to do, when you want to do things you're going to be proud of. Sacrifice is usually part of it. And you just have to know most people want an exceptional life, but they're not willing to put in exceptional work. So sometimes you have to weigh the cost benefit of adding something new to your life. But my take, I guess, is that if you can't stop thinking about it, if it really lights you up, I think you owe it to yourself to listen because I do think passions can be rarer things. We can have, you know, multifaceted personalities and passions, but that genuine spark you get from a certain subject like skin or nutrition or fitness, whatever it is, I think those cues are innately in us and I feel we owe it to ourselves to listen. And, you know, I am excited about how this could add to my business and just give me a little bit of a a point of difference, I guess, in the market. And I would encourage all estheticians to think about, you know, adding to their license. I think dual licensure is a very cool thing and having that extra expertise can be very valuable to your business. And because of my specific business, which is very much a holistic practice, I consider my clients overall lifestyle, overall quality of life, stress, nutrition, sleep patterns. I was starting to feel like I'm a little bit limited in certain aspects in terms of an institution's scope of practice. We really can't delve too much into nutrition and wellness. We can, you know, talk about widely recognized and generalized 
health tips, but we are a little bit limited. And that was something I just realized. I don't want to feel so limited. I want to know more and I want to be even more of an expert on this and be able to speak to it so I can give my clients the best possible results and still refer out where it's needed. But I just want to know a little bit more. So I do think this will just strengthen my existing practice and I'm excited to see what comes of it. But that's really what has been up with me. Before we get into today's show, I have been reminded from other podcasters how important it is to ask your audience for reviews. So this is where I'm coming to you asking for reviews. If you enjoy the podcast or you feel like you've benefited from it in some way, which I hope, I hope you have. But if you have, please take a minute or two and head over to the review section on Apple iTunes and click five stars and just leave me a little sentence. It does not have to be long or crazy. Short and sweet is amazing, but it is such a good energy exchange. It's good karma and it benefits this community and education for the community. And it is very important to keep podcasts going, which I want to do. Of course, I want to continue to make more episodes for you. So that would mean so, so much to me. And I would love to highlight a review of the month and shout you out. So I'm going to be doing that and reading a little review. So yeah, hopefully I will see you in my review section. Okay. And we're going to get into today's episode, which is a Q&A based listener question and answer episode. So thank you to those of you who submitted your questions. I was so sad because I thought I got no questions and some of them were in my spam. So thank you so much and we will get into it. Starting with the first question from Kristen Bear. Kristen had a couple questions, which I love. We love to see it. And the first one is... If I have acne-prone skin, how often should I be using actives at night during the week? Example, glycolic acid, retinol, etc. So Kristen, I love this question and I can absolutely relate as an acne-prone person. So I fully feel you, sister. If you looked at my skin, you would not think... I was an acne-prone person or I've struggled with acne. Luckily, my acne has not been deep enough that I've suffered, you know, any severe scarring. My skin texture is not perfect by any means, but you may not know it. And that's not because I'm a perfect esthetician. It is because I've been on a long journey and those of you who are acne prone, especially Estes out there, I know you can feel me. It can take time to learn and understand your skin. And like a lot of people out there, I was a late acne bloomer. I started struggling with acne just as I was getting into esthetician school. Ironically enough, I think I was about either 26 or 27, which is also not uncommon. And I started struggling with maturation arrest acne or comedonal 
acne. I never, I'll say I rarely experience larger inflamed cysts or nodules. I have had a couple of them, which are always fun. (laughs) But for the most part, I struggled with tiny, tiny closed comedones. And they mostly presented on my cheeks and my forehead. So unfortunately, maturation arrest can be one of the tougher forms of acne to treat. And I don't know, Kristen, if that is what you are struggling with. It was just my experience. But what I learned through my experience of maturation arrest was the importance of treatments, in-spa treatments, specifically extractions and home care. Home care is significant and I highly, highly encourage anybody struggling with acne if you can afford it or if you can afford to put money aside to see an esthetician, hopefully somebody who specializes in acne. And I say that because a lot of spas wouldn't consider it their specialty and it can be a little bit hit or miss with, you know, getting an esthetician who has taken advanced acne courses. So if you're struggling with acne, likely you have already tried a bunch of things and you likely are feeling like you're running out of patience because acne can take such an emotional toll on a person. So I really advise to save you time and money finding somebody who This is not their first rodeo and, you know, they understand and treat acne. That is the number one thing because in finding that esthetician, you will not only get the benefit of extractions or treatment, likely and hopefully they will be able to set you up with a home care regimen. And it doesn't have to be, you know, seven or eight products. It could be three or four things to start. But I think that is so valuable to be put on professional product that is formulated for the treatment of acne and for longevity with skin health. And I think that is highly important. That is what you're going to be putting on your skin every single day. And extractions. They can be so helpful. The reason I don't present as somebody who has an acne condition is because I get my monthly extractions and I am very diligent with my home care. So let's get into the question, the actual question. Ideally, you would be able to treat your acne every single day. So acne starts in the follicle and When we're talking about somebody who has acne-prone skin, it can be a number of things. It could be genetics. It could be hormones. And one theory is that acne-prone people have a predisposition to excess shedding within the follicle. Now, along with the shedding and buildup of dead cells, we have P. acne bacteria that is not harmful on its own, but it excretes a fatty acid byproduct, and this is part of acne process. So the reason I say we we ideally would treat our acne every single day is to target bacteria as well as shedding in the follicle and clear it out. Because when we get a buildup within the follicle, that's when we have that blockage, that congestion, and that hardening and 
um, inability of oxygen to get in the follicle that creates a blockage. It may get inflamed and that's where we might see inflamed acne. It may not, but it's still congestion trapped under the skin and that might present as blackheads or whiteheads. So there are many forms of acne and I would never just read, you know, a question like this and give somebody a treatment plan or tell them what to do because I don't know enough. And this is where when somebody, you know, DMs or asks what moisturizer should I use or what, you know, should I use for my acne? I don't know enough to formulate a plan. We can have dry skin types. We can have very sensitive skin types, tender acne skin types with a lot of inflammation that is painful to the touch. We may have a very oily skin. We may have combination acne, blackheads, whiteheads, and um, cystic under the skin bumps. Um, so it can, acne can vary so, so much. And, you know, I've heard people say things like rotate your glycolic and your retinol. And this can be great advice for one person, but it's always going to depend on the person. No two skins are alike. Everyone is unique. And of course, our treatment products can vary so much in terms of active ingredients and pH and overall formulation and strength. So my best advice, Kristen, is to aim for this sweet spot. What I typically tell my acne clients is we are going to work together to find your threshold. That threshold may change, but we are always going to start low and slow and take a step up approach to actives. And we want to find the threshold where you can use your acne treatment products without sensitizing the skin. Now, there are exceptions to this, although I think of myself as a corneotherapist, somebody who is always striving to keep the barrier intact. There are times when we are introducing actives such as retinoids or benzoyl peroxide where the skin may appear a little bit irritated, it may get a little red, it may get a little flaky, and that can be very difficult to avoid. What we want to do is minimize that irritation so that we are essentially aiming to clear out the follicle or increase cell turnover as much as we can without detriment to the skin. So for one person, that might be that might mean starting with one of these actives and seeing what is the tolerance level with a retinoid. Some people can have clear skin and have an amazing home care routine using retinol as their main and only active ingredient. Other people may, may be able to alternate glycolic with retinol and they may be able to do that every other night and just keep switching off. Somebody else might find it's not sustainable but they can keep up those two products with a pretty decent cadence and maybe needing to take one or two nights off a week. Some of you might be listening and, and thinking, my skin could never, like maybe I can use a glycolic acid serum three nights a week or a mandelic acid serum three nights a week. My skin is pretty tolerant. I can use a retinoid. 
I use actually Jamarini's Duality, and this is a combination of benzoyl peroxide and a retinoid. And you know, you might hear that and think those two ingredients could never go together, but this is where it's all about formulation. So I can use my Jamarini Duality basically every night or five to six nights a week. I might even use a little peel pad in the morning or an enzyme somewhere in there once or twice a week. I love the warming honey enzyme from Is Clinical and I love the Glymed Plus ultra hydrating enzyme mask. I also love Jan Marini, Jan Marini's Skinzyme mask. So now that my skin is very tolerant, it has basically done it all. I have done chemical peels. I've done microneedling. I have done lasers. I have done all the home care. I've used prescription strength retinoids. I've used acids and I know my skin very well. Now, sometimes you might find when, when it's the first time using two types of active ingredients or even the first time using a more active ingredient, you might push it a little bit past what you know to be your normal threshold and you might be thinking, wow, like I'm invincible here. I can just do this forever. That's usually like a day or two later you realize, you know, you've pushed it too much. So it is always, Kristen, a individual thing. It can involve a little trial and error. And I, I want people to know that it's better if you can, you know, find that threshold with the guidance of a professional. But understand, professionals can't just look at somebody and know what their perfect threshold is going to be. It does take time to work on the skin and find that tolerance level. But what's usually the best approach is being conservative, or as we say in skincare, starting low and slow. If you've never used glycolic or retinol, start with one. You could start with the glycolic or start with the retinol and start with two times a week. From there, slowly build up and add a night per week. If you start to notice irritation, dryness, flaking, burning, stinging, itching, you have likely pushed it a little too much. And at that point, you need to stop everything. Stop all exfoliants or even active such as vitamin C and take it back to moisturizer, maybe a little hyaluronic acid serum and, you know, non-acid cleansers such as the Reset. But hopefully we can avoid needing to stop everything because that gets annoying. Then your skin is irritated, dry, stinging, and you might still have acne. So the goal is to never get to that point where you've pushed it so far that you have to completely stop everything. So I know that didn't fully answer your question, but I hope, I hope it gave you some insights. Okay, back to the question. Also from Kristen, she says, I see you promoting bare minerals. My esthetician has steered me away from mineral makeup because she says the tiny particles can settle into your pores and cause breakouts. And my pores are huge. I really would like to be able to use bare minerals. I don't really wear makeup other than mascara out of fear of breakouts. And bare minerals has such a natural finish, with which I like. I'm torn. Help. LOL. Okay. Okay. So 
I never like to undermine, you know, an esthetician or a professional somebody is already working with. But I would say this is where I disagree. Um, at the same time, I understand I understand the advice of this esthetician, and there's obviously great intentions here, but it's okay to, to disagree. So when it comes to mineral makeup, it is typically, and there are always little exceptions, but it's typically the opposite. Typically, mineral makeup is suggested because it sits on top of the skin and is considered non-comedogenic, which is not a perfect rule. It's not a perfect thing, but it's a general guideline that says of the people we tested. And by the way, many companies <laughs> don't test on human skin, which by the way, Free Skin by Tessa only tests on humans and on actual facial skin, because it's one thing to test a little back of a bunny's ear <laughs> and another to test human skin and to then say something is non-comedogenic, which my cleansers are. But, you know, this uh, testing can vary a lot. But when it comes to mineral makeup, typically these are ingredients that are similar to what you would find in a mineral sunscreen, such as titanium dioxide, zinc oxide, mica. And these uh, mineral makeups or sunscreens are what is recommended after in-office procedures, such as lasers or professional treatments or microneedling treatments. And the reason dermatologists and estheticians around the world tend to say it's okay to wear mineral makeup is because these ingredients are sitting on the top of the skin. They're not going to percolate into the pore, hence why they are safe and even recommended for extra sun protection, which I believe is a huge benefit of mineral makeup. It tends to be naturally uh, sun protective because of these ingredients that um, act as a little shield. So from what I know about mineral makeup is that it is the preferred type of makeup for acne prone skin type. Now, are there people who say, you know, they didn't have a, a good experience with bare minerals or another mineral makeup? Absolutely. And this can happen. You know, I have heard little things, some people saying bare minerals doesn't work for them. And, you know, I have no, <laughs> I have no tie to bare minerals. I don't retail it. You know, I'm not sponsored. It's just something, it's a product I like. And as an acne prone person, I have never had a problem with it. I've never had a problem with mineral makeup. Um, so it's something I embrace and encourage, but as always, skin is very individual. I don't like giving wide general rules. You know, I will guide people based on what the data says, what the evidence says, but you know, um, it's always a trial by fire or, you know, individual type of situation. So if you're curious about bare minerals, what I would suggest is perhaps patch testing the product on an area of the face you notice is more prone to breakouts. You know, 
could you break out there from the little application? Yes, and that would be annoying, but at least you would know and it wouldn't be a whole face you know, type of situation. So patch testing is always a great idea and leaving a product on for a few hours or just wear it in that area all day. And you, know, you may come out with some findings and uh, then you may know. So I am a big advocate of mineral makeup. And for this reason, Kristen, if you're saying, you know, I, I want to wear makeup and it would help my self-confidence, but I never let myself out of fear of breakouts. Um, typically, this is where mineral makeup can be protective and healing and um, hopefully not add to your breakouts in any way. What I would always advise is just consider the amount of layers you are putting on your skin if you tend to congest easily. If you are a congestive skin type, it probably won't make sense to layer lots of serums, moisturizer, primer or SPF and then your mineral makeup, you might be better off with fewer layers and um, fewer applications because when we create a blockage and oxygen cannot get into the skin, that is when we may have a breakout. But these types of makeup tend to be more breathable and non-comedogenic. Um, they usually are oil-free, free of waxes and just contain the minerals, which are typically not congestive. So it might be worth a try. You know, there are also lots of incredible mineral makeup brands out there. I don't think anything is a one size fits all, but there are lots of incredible formulations and they have come a long way since where mineral makeup once was. You know, when I was in high school, Bare Minerals was really popular, but they only had the powder that comes in that little, um, the little case and it would fly everywhere. Nowadays, there are so many very um, elegant formulas. There is liquid formulations, there is powder, there are tons and tons of mineral makeup brands. I also love Jane Iredale. What are some other mineral makeup brands? I'm blanking, but have a little Google search and likely you'll find some more. If you're nervous about clogging, you might stay away from any stick formula of any type of mineral makeup just because that may, may be more clogging than liquid or powder formulations. Not always. Bare Minerals has a stick that is a water-based formula. I've never had a problem with it, but you could just play around and maybe start with a powder and see how you feel. I have also heard a little theory about mica and I wonder if that could be a reason some people make a connection between acne and mineral makeup. And this is just a little speculation I've heard. I, you know, don't know if it's true for sure or not, but I have heard some people say they've had a sensitivity to mica and that it could trigger a little inflammation for them. I've heard other people say mica should be safe for sensitive skin types. So it's tricky. And you know, I hear in general a lot of people saying, this moisturizer broke me out. This makeup broke me out. And it's very possible, but it can also be very hard to understand the cause of a breakout 
And if somebody is acne prone, it is also possible that there is a simultaneous chronic acne condition going on in conjunction with, you know, a product that they use. But is the product they use because of it? Or is it just, you know, was it just part of the equation and the acne was unmanaged in some aspect? It's really hard to say. Okay, moving on to the next question from Candice. And Candice says, when a client is on a recommended skincare routine by you and something in their regime isn't working well for them, how do you deal with having to introduce a new product into their regime when they've already spent money on other products? Mm-hmm. Such a good question, Candice. And I really appreciate this question because I would like to talk about this more. You know, it can feel isolating as an esthetician when something like this happens. And I used to take it very personally. And, you know, I had to do some work to separate. And I don't know, I don't know if you're like this, Candice. So Maybe you're not, but I used to feel like if I chose the wrong thing for somebody and it didn't work out, it was a reflection of my skill level and it made me a bad esthetician. I should have known better is how I used to feel. And I needed to have that happen and I needed to learn that, you know, how a person's skin reacts to product within reason is not only a reflection of us. And I, I no longer ever take that personal. And I always want to know my client's feedback. I want to keep in touch. I want to be in good communication based on how things are working. And, you know, it can really come down to why isn't, not why something isn't working for somebody, but what is happening that makes you feel it's not working for them. So there is a difference between, you know, not seeing results from, (laughs) not seeing results for acne from a moisturizer, for example. Likely this will not be the thing that is going to change their skin, even if it is a serum that is intended to change, you know, or help a skin condition such as acne. If, if they're coming to you saying it's not doing anything, you know, I've gone through a full bottle, it still may have not been enough time and conditions can take a long time and products do take time to work. So I think we need to pinpoint what isn't working well for them. Did they have a reaction that was obvious or a sensitivity? That is a different ballgame if they're experiencing, you know, a a major reaction to something itching or swelling, something out of the ordinary that would indicate an allergy. Um, it's tough to say. And it's difficult because I, do, I have had clients, you know, come to me and say, I'm just not seeing the result I want. It's typically very early into the program. And it's hard. It's hard when somebody comes to you, you know, when 
they're struggling with a skin condition and, you know, they've invested a lot into you and coming to see you plus the products. And they say, you know, I'm not seeing the progress I want to see. It happens to me. And I think we should talk about this more as estheticians so we can see what are the common trends and, you know, why might somebody not be seeing results? Because when you're just seeing results on Instagram as an esthetician, and there are certain accounts I follow where the results are amazing. But when I see the results, I, I sometimes I just think like, have they ever had a program not work out? Have they ever had that experience of having a client who didn't see results? Because clearly they're doing everything right. They must be perfect. And we don't always talk about these experiences where somebody can be resistant to treatment. And it happens. It is part of, you know, this little ball game we call skincare. It is possible for certain people to be resistant to treatment, to not respond well to certain ingredients, or not respond much, or to stop responding, even if something has worked well in the past. It is possible for the skin to cultivate resistance, and our skin does have its own metabolism, and resistance can happen for sure. Um, So really, again, I sound so annoying saying this, but it is so individual. It's so person by person. And a lot of time it does involve needing a little bit more patience. And, you know, my clients that come to me early in the process, but I I understand because one month with severe acne and who knows how long they've they've been struggling with acne before they came to see you it may feel like a lifetime and it may feel like forever and it is this delicate little dance of acknowledging that you too are not you know seeing the progress you would like to see in the skin but also reminding our clients that it does take patience and it does take time it took my skin at least a year to recover from the the grade of acne I was experiencing. Um, so I went through all of esthetician school with acne. It would get better and then it would regress. And then, you know, that cycle would repeat because acne is cyclical. And, you know, well into... I said a year. It was longer than that because then I had two whole jobs working in spas where I was constantly, (laughs) probably trying to block this out, constantly trying to cover up my acne and constantly feeling like I wasn't good enough to be in this industry because of my skin. And I did have employers who made me feel bad about it and made me feel like I needed to cover up my acne because clients may not want to work with me if I have acne. And unfortunately, that is a toxic but real part of the industry. And as much as I say um, it's not the case and people will see you for who you are, you might have had similar experiences where you felt shamed by a skin condition or your employer has made you feel shamed by a skin condition. And it's this industry is not perfect and it can be superficial and it can be hard. Um, So, you know, it was part of my process and it took me years to get my acne 
managed. It took time to be able to even get to a place where I could introduce acne fighting ingredients. And I also feel like this is something that's not talked about enough. And it's something I really believe in, which is getting the skin prepared for acne treatments. So going back to the example of me with my very fragile skin barrier when I was using more over-the-counter products that are not clinically trialed or intended for the treatment of acne. I had no intention in my routine. It was totally scattered from whatever, you know, people I was seeing on social media using or celebrities. It was an amalgamation of, you know, celebrity favorite products plus this uh, prescription retinol that my dermatologist gave me. And it was, I remember this, it was the gel form of tretinoin and it was 0.05 percentage. So having the gel formula in a lot of people is more sensitizing. And I would say that's a like medium strength on the stronger side of tretinoin. Typically, derms will start somebody with 0.025%, which could be plenty strong for somebody. That could cause somebody to peel and burn and itch. And I was in that fragile skin category where my skin was not prepped for anything, yet I was given this formula for a more sturdy or normal or oily skin type at a higher percentage and my experience was awful. I used the tretinoin for about two or three nights. And by the way, this is not demonizing tretinoin or prescription retinoids. I think they can absolutely have a place. I've seen them work for a lot of people in a medical spa setting. I've used them myself. I know they can produce great results, but it's all about how you introduce an acne fighting ingredient and the prep. My skin was not prepped, so it started peeling like Elmer's glue in the first couple weeks. It was burning. I could not even wash my face with water, which in the end ended up uh, making things way worse for me. So I definitely couldn't tolerate the product. Um, But it might have worked well for me because this is a clinically proven ingredient and formula, but my skin was not in the place for it. So there are so many factors, Candice, which is why I get into this whole story and I'm talking about myself, but um, sometimes I think these experiences can be helpful. Um, It is a big, complicated picture. So there can be lots of possibilities. It could be the product is simply not working for them. It could be they have an allergy. It could be their skin is just not prepped for it. It could be something else in the routine that is interfering. So my suggestion is to always start with one thing at a time and give it a few days or a week if you need to before introducing new things. That way you have a better idea of understanding if it is actually this one product that is causing a problem. Um, And I see what you're saying. Like, how do you deal with that awkwardness of somebody saying, this is literally doing nothing for me? And what do you do from there? Because I think we can feel guilty as professionals when something isn't working. And I have had other estheticians come to me and tell me horror stories of clients saying like, it's not working. I want my money back. 
it can get complicated. So how do we avoid this? I think it's all in not only the prep for the skin, but the prep of working together and what this acne process may look like. It's so important that we talk to our clients about what we're doing as a process that is just not 100% perfect every time. Um, You know, and I hear some estheticians say they have like a 100% success rate with acne. And I always want to understand what does that really mean? Does that mean everything you decided for that person worked perfectly? Um, Does it just mean in the end, everyone was 100% satisfied? It can be very confusing. When I am creating a custom routine for somebody or a treatment plan, I like to be transparent and honest about this process and say, you know, I am going to be getting to know your skin and making my best judgments and introducing things one by one so we can understand, you know, how that product is working for you on a case by case basis. It's also a smart idea to have your return policy clear on your website or go over it with your products, uh, with your clients if you can, so people are clear. And I also like to be very candid in talking about acne as a process that involves so many factors in somebody's lifestyle. It can be very hard to reach total clearing when a number of lifestyle factors are at play. It may be that somebody has a health condition that is increasing inflammation in the body, um, such as an autoimmune disease or a condition that is slowing down cell turnover, um, or somebody's on certain medications or supplements that may be linked to acne. Examples might include even multivitamins, which can contain biotin. It can be hair supplements, which of course contain biotin or B vitamins, Uh, you know, even prenatals may contain these types of ingredients that could trigger acne. It could be somebody's lifestyle. I do have a lot of clients who are nurses and work in hospitals, and it can be very difficult to clear a chronic acne condition when somebody has a face mask on you know, five or six days a week because we're working against these elements such as trapping heat and bacteria and recycled air on the skin. There's no oxygen, you know, we are completely blocking off oxygen. Somebody is just breathing in their own air and bacteria in this enclosed, hot and humid environment. It's the perfect environment for acne or, you know, somebody who has a work schedule where their circadian rhythm is thrown off, their sleep schedule is thrown off, their metabolism is thrown off because they sleep during the day and they're at work at night, um, or they can't afford to change their nutrition, or, you know, they embrace a culture where certain foods are part of the diet. All of these factors 
can work against us as estheticians. It's not always a perfect case of somebody walking to your door or, you know, signing up on your website in my case and being 100% willing to do anything and everything it takes. And even so, there can be internal factors that may work against us. So Candice, I know this was such a long-winded answer, but the best thing I would say is to try to be transparent and candid about acne as a process with your clients, meaning that all of these factors can play a role. And it's not just skincare and what you're applying topically. They need to understand some other factors that are out of your control as the professional may be playing a role as well. So we can advise and we can do our best. This is where I really try with my clients to give them a treatment plan that lays out all the possible factors I can think of. So at least my client is informed and aware of certain things that may affect the skin and the body. And, you know, sometimes people are not willing or able to get in on board, or sometimes people can just have a really hard time making changes. Um, but I think when you talk about all of these factors, it becomes the acne as a whole becomes more understandable to people. And we also have to bear in mind your average consumer or client may not have an understanding of acne as a process. So they may actually think, I am finally putting down the investment to see a professional. They are going to fix this. They're going to fix my skin. And it sounds silly, but a lot of people think this way. And that's where it's important, again, to be real about acne as a process and educate that a lot of internal and external factors will play a role. And the best thing you can both do as a team is to cover the bases that you can, the factors that are within your control. No, this does not have to mean, you know, they're 100% perfect about, you know, everything they do and eat and their stress levels and their sleep levels. It's just not realistic. It's not. I would love that, but it's not. Um, But I think because I always educate my clients about the number of factors that are going to contribute and that will play a role. And I'm honest about what they need to do on their end. I have never really had somebody come to me frustrated wanting their money back. And I know that can be a fear of ours, but I think I think a lot of people are understanding it may take a little trial and error to get things right. And this has to be a learning process together. Of course, you are going to give your absolute best as a professional and make educated suggestions based on clinical trials based on highly regarded brands that have worked for many people and that are designed to treat these conditions. And you're going to make your best educated guess for this person and their skin type. And hopefully in educating people about all the factors that 
I th- why did I assume you said acne? Maybe you didn't even say that. You just said something isn't working for them. Um, <laughs> anyway, I definitely made an assumption there. But just being real with the client about whatever condition they're battling, maybe it's melasma, maybe it's hyperpigmentation, and maybe it's rosacea. All of these different conditions will have different factors that can influence them. For melasma and pigmentation, it may be easily influenced by heat sun and genetics. For rosacea, it may be influenced by bacteria, oil, internal stress, nutrition, alcohol, heat. So whatever condition you are talking about, you want to be clear about the lifestyle factors as well. So the client understands they have some responsibility too. And these triggers are going to be ongoing with any of those conditions I just mentioned. They tend to be cyclical or they can flare up and they can get better and they always need to be managed. There's no day where you say my acne is gone forever. I am, you know, unless you are well, (laughs) well into your older years and you're just not struggling with acne anymore. Um, while that condition is, is present, you will always need to treat and manage it. And I think when you're clear about all the complexities of these conditions, your clients will understand it's not just going to be a miracle, you know, set of products that fixes everything. Very rarely is that the case, which is why I believe in an integrative, holistic approach to skincare, but also being clear about your policies. And, you know, with Glymed, for example, and she said, I use Glymed. Um, their policy is that they do not accept returns uh, outside of 10 days. And they're pretty strict on only accepting returns if you have documented proof of a reaction. And, you know, is it the most appealing return policy ever? No. Does it compare to someplace like Sephora or Nordstrom? No. And when you're working with professional brands and small businesses, these policies are important. And again, you want to be transparent and clear about them so your client understands. And it does happen. I've had a lot of friends say, you know, this client is really frustrated and they want their money back. The best thing you can do to protect yourself as the esthetician is um, to have policies, consent forms, and things that acknowledge the possibility of something not working out and what you are comfortable with accepting and and losses you are acceptable, you are um, willing to acknowledge and accept for your business. It may be different for everybody. I, again, have a stricter return policy because of the brands I work with. You know, there are little exceptions like a sunscreen not matching somebody's skin tone or an obvious reaction or allergy where a return is more possible. But I think people are hopefully more understanding that this is a process. It takes some trial and error. Your your return policy is not that of a huge department store because we simply couldn't afford to stay in business that way. And, you know, I think people are generally willing to try, not everyone, which is why you have to protect yourself very well with 
these policies and be upfront and clear. And I always say setting the expectation is the best way to avoid these bad situations where you feel like you're in a pickle and somebody misunderstood what they might get out of working with you. So now they're upset. So the best way to avoid this, Candice, is just setting the expectation always with every client. And it's a lot to remember and go over, but the more clear and direct and straightforward you are with setting the expectation from the beginning, the more likely people are to respect your policies and, you know, understand it is a process. I'm going to answer one more question here since this episode is getting long. And I, from what I hear, it's better to create shorter podcasts to keep people's attention span. If you guys have a strong opinion on that, please let me know because I am currently trying to decide how to structure my episodes. And, you know, I tend to talk a long time and want to interview guests longer, but there might be something to the shorter episode. So please let me know what you prefer. Okay, this last question says, products to help repair your skin barrier. And this comes from Jay Janae. I absolutely love this question and let's talk about it. So when it comes to repairing a skin barrier, there are certain types of things I look for. I look for products that are going to increase hydration and bind that water and moisture to the skin. I want to look for reparative ingredients that can make up for the barrier being compromised. In a case like rosacea, somebody's skin is chronically compromised from the trauma they're undergoing on an everyday basis. You may also have somebody who's abused actives. This happens a lot. And when somebody is on an acne journey, likely you're, they will have times where they feel their barrier is compromised and they push their limits a little bit with their active ingredients. So repairing is very important. I also like to look for calming ingredients. So anti-inflammatory ingredients, for example, are so important for calming that inflammation, which can be expressed through the skin as a stinging sensation, um, burning sensation, having heat. Sometimes you can feel a lot of heat to the skin that's coming from inflammation. So we want to calm that down. And lastly, of course, we want to promote healing and longevity in the skin. So this is one example of a compromised barrier routine. Again, it's it's general, so take it with a grain of salt. I do think these are products that could generally work for a range of skin types, but you may tweak a few things here and there. But what I would suggest is my reset. That way you have two cleansers. You don't have to double cleanse every night if your skin is severely compromised and you feel like you can't tolerate it. But I do think it's great for most people to have two options, especially if you feel your skin is very compromised and, you know, there are days where 
you really want something that's more of a cream-based cleanser, you have Undo. And you also have Low Foam for those days you feel like, "Mm, maybe there's a little bit of extra oil on the skin, or I got sweaty today and I'd like to use a gel cleanser. I think it can just be nice to have two options or based on the weather, how your skin is feeling, having those two options is wonderful. And then you can really tweak it based on what you need. So the reset does contain a lot of these hydrating, calming, and reparative ingredients. We have green tea, which is a potent antioxidant and antioxidants are always going to be uh, going to be great anti-inflammatory. So we have green tea. We also have yucca. Yucca does provide antioxidants as well, and it is a powerful anti-inflammatory. It was native to Mexico, and it has been used in indigenous cultures as their traditional medicine for lots of diseases and conditions such as dandruff, arthritis, skin sores, and acne. So it's a great wound healer, and it also helps to improve cellular regeneration. We also have panthenol in both undo and low foam, and panthenol is great for all skin types, works to improve skin's moisture barrier, which we need with the compromised skin type, and it's great for those who are experiencing dry or flaky skin, and both cleansers are free of SLS. They're soap-free, fragrance-free, dye-free, so great options for those with sensitized skin. And you could use either cleanser individually based on how the skin is feeling. Next, I would go for a lipid-rich or ceramide-rich serum. So cell protection serum is my go-to. It is incredible at strengthening the skin's barrier function. And I notice when I feel like I've pushed it a little bit, or maybe I've just got a treatment such as microneedling or a chemical peel, which I am currently <laughs> currently um, in the healing process right now. Cell protection serum is a great post-procedure serum to reach for. Lots of humectants, ceramides, antioxidants, and just works to protect the skin and combat those. Um, aging effects of free radical damage and, you know, more extreme procedures. So cell protection serum, you will feel a benefit, you know, the next day. I notice my, if I'm experiencing any type of sensitivity or inflammation, cell protection serum is like liquid gold for those compromised skin types. So I love it. I also love the hydrogel from Climate Plus, which is a great water binder. What I tend to do when I'm feeling compromised is mix or cocktail one or two pumps of hydrogel with about two pumps of cell protection serum. And I will put that all over the face and neck and chest. And it is wonderful. The moisturizer I tend to recommend is also from Glymed Plus, and it is the Vitamin E Sensual Cell Cream. This is my favorite moisturizer. And okay, I recently learned a little cool fact about um, a compromised barrier. So here it is. Environmental 
exposure can lead to breakdown in the skin's natural barriers, leading to the potential of up to one pint of water evaporating per day. That's kind of crazy. So vitamin E sensual cell cream helps to prevent this breakdown by protecting those lipids and holding water to the skin. So it's going to increase hydration by 25% and it's just incredible. This is my go-to moisturizer when I feel like I'm flaking or irritated or tight. I'm obsessed with it. It is a thicker, tackier moisturizer. Um, So if you don't know somebody's, I'd say like consistency or texture preferences, some people just don't love the feel of this product. If they do, they're obsessed with it, but it tends to be those people who love the feeling of a richer moisturizer. It's not as like light and spreadable as something like reparative moisture emulsion from is clinical. That one I'd say to some feels more cosmetically elegant. I love both, but if, if you don't like a thicker consistency, you could be off put by this. It is still considered non-comedogenic. And this is the question I get more than anything. People get a lot of questions about Glymed Plus and come to me pointing out specific ingredients such as shea butter or sunflower seed oil or vitamin E. And I have to say, guys, it is about the overall formula. I used to do the same thing. And it's I think it's kind of, it's nobody's fault. It's the way we are trained in school to learn about certain ingredients. So we take what we know about ingredients and then we're going line by line through ingredient lists. I used to literally do this and I would make videos <laughs> analyzing products ingredient by ingredient. And it's because I didn't understand it is about overall formulation. And I had been trained a certain way based on a certain line to judge ingredients this way. And it's really not how skincare science and formulation works. It's about the whole recipe altogether and how certain ingredients being next to each other or within the ingredient deck all impact each other. So no, this should not break you out. Um, doesn't mean it's never ever possible. I wouldn't recommend the vitamin E sensual cell cream to a skin type that's already oily and um, congested. It just, it, it could be okay, but it wouldn't be my go-to. Um, I would recommend this for a more classically dry compromised barrier. And then lastly, Okay, lastly, I want to talk about cell protection balm. So this would be a little like compromised barrier starter pack. I love this collection of products for that classically compromised barrier. And when it comes to cell protection balm, this would go in the category of what people call slugging. And this is putting an occlusive over the skin as the last step in your routine to retain those essential skin lipids. So, and what I also want to add about slugging is I don't, again, I never think there's like a one size fits all for everybody. There can always be exceptions. So if you feel like your skin can be the exception and not the rule, like 
you know, always take that with a grain of salt. And, you know, when, when slugging first came out, I think all we kept hearing is like, everyone can do this. Absolutely. Everyone can, can slug, even if you're super acneic or acne prone and you won't have a problem because these, this product will not, um, will not trigger acne. And I think there's some truth to it, but it really depends on what does the skin we're putting this product on already look like? Are we putting this on clean skin? Are we putting this on very congestive acne or an oily skin type that does not need extra occlusion? Because no matter like how you phrase it, if you're putting an occlusive, which cell protection balm or any petroleum-based product is considered an occlusive, we are blocking off that oxygen. So if you are a skin type that cannot um, withhold that and everybody has a different threshold, you know, it, it maybe it could create a little blockage and lead to congestion. Um, if you don't sh- struggle with... Um, a compromised moisture barrier, if your barrier does not seem defective at all, like you never struggle with the symptoms of a compromised barrier, you probably don't need to slug. So I think it kind of just got forced down everyone's throats. And a lot of my acneic clients were coming to me saying like, should I be slugging? And I would ask, is your barrier compromised? Are you like experiencing stinging, itching, dryness, flaking? And they'd be like, no, not at all. I just everyone's telling me to do it. So I thought I should do it. It always depends. But okay, it is a good question. Will cell protection balm break me out? Here's the case for why it may not. And you know, this is where there's always a little gray area. I'm a very acne prone person, but I can use cell protection balm and I don't have a problem. And sometimes I will struggle with a little dryness. Typically it's the lower half of my face. I don't put the cell protection balm all over. My forehead is an area that very easily clogs and is prone to close comedone. So there's just no reason to put an occlusive there, but I will use it on the lower half of my face or, you know, post-procedure, post-microneedling. A couple days later, I'm experiencing that, you know, normal cell turnover, turnover and shedding. So I'm using it there and it's a lifesaver. Petroleum is known to be non-comedogenic and biologically inert, meaning that it cannot harbor bacteria itself. And additionally, it's important to note the quality of the formula. Glymin Plus always incorporates the highest grade of ingredients. So, you know, their products are used in oncology treatment centers. It is a very high quality formula. So this is uh, an example where, you know, we're we have to consider quality and we have to consider the formulator. So Glymed Plus adding ingredients like shea butter or petroleum or excuse me, petrol, petrolatum um, might be different from the grade of ingredient you would get at your local grocery store, you know? So we have to think about how the overall recipe and the formulator works together. But that is a little routine. So I'll say it again. It's the reset, which is my double cleansing set. You get undo, 
creamy lotion-based cleanser that's great as a pre-cleanse and you get low foam, which is my gentle, mildly foaming gel, but I get my foaming agent from coconut amino acids, so it's not your typical SLS-based foaming cleanser. Uh, that would be your cleansers. Then for serums, we would do cell protection serum. We might do a little hydrogel. We would do vitamin E sensual cell cream for the moisturizer. If somebody is really dry, there are other options for moisturizer. If you don't quite feel, you know, super dry, you could go with the comfort cream from Glymed, which is very powerful anti-inflammatory. It has a 200% aloe base. So that would be an option for a more lightweight moisturizer. And then you could use cell balm in those areas you're noticing irritation or flaking or sensitivity. I forgot to mention a toner, but you could also add in the skin recovery mist from Glymed Plus to add in a little extra hydration or even the copper firming mist from Is Clinical is an excellent one, but that would make up a very strong routine for a compromised barrier. Try that out or even a couple of those or even one or two of those out and come back to me and let me know how your barrier feels. Okay, guys, I am going to wrap up the episode here. This might be my longest episode ever. Yeah, a hundred, not a hundred. I'm going crazy now. An hour and 17 minutes. That's long. So I'm going to cut myself off here. Go get my laundry and have another awkward encounter with my bruised red peeling face. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you so much. Please remember wherever you are in your SD journey or your skin journey, you are right where you are supposed to be. I am rooting for you, sending you so much love. I love you and I will talk to you next Tuesday.